So we're doing the blog again today. I don't know what the traction on this is actually going to be. One person commented that they agreed with my assessments about needing to control the conversation or try to regain the conversation on fart fetishism. So the media and other opportunistic sources are not just talking about our fetish when they have no genuine interest. But I'm a little, I'm not sold that the fetish community even wants to be a community. I feel like most of them just want to stay in the dark and just talk about sharing pornography. Oh, do you have this clip? Do you have this clip? Have you seen this model? Like, is that all we in the fetish community can talk about? Is that all we have? Uh, a mutual attraction to pornography? I hope that's not the case, but so far, in this early stage, it's looking like that. So I found this article, Five Reasons Some People Are Aroused by Farts, at PulseNG, which dot .ng is a, is a Nigerian domain. I'm guessing this is a Nigerian publication, um, but I'm not 100% sure. The author name, Temi Awalye? Iwalye, I believe is, is, I'm probably saying that wrong, but I would say it sounds like a Nigerian name on, on first blush. So let's, let's go through it. When it comes to fetishes, there are an abundance of them in the modern day. People get more open-minded at sex. They're discovering and admitting weird things that turn them on. Here's why some people have this fetish. Number one, their first sexual experience. People whose sexual experiences are related to farts or anal experiences can easily develop a fart fetish. Now this seems a little, it's a little, it's one sentence. It's poorly written, but uh, in my opinion, but um, it is, I think, on the base level true. Uh, you do hear... Um, the few times people talk about their origin story on their fire fetish, they often talk about um, their first exposure to pornography and running into uh, a fart fetish video. I don't know if that's a cover. Maybe that's not where it started and that's where they realized it instead. I'm not sure. But um, I know a lot of people talk about porn being their first foray into realizing they had a fart fetish. Dominance and humiliation. Because farting requires humiliation, I don't know if that's true on its own, but okay. People who are into the whole dominance and submission thing, wow, this is really badly written, enjoy the supposed humiliation of watching their partners fart. Now, this is this is true. Again, I, poorly written article. Uh, you know, no offense to Temi. I don't know if he's just writing or she is just writing about something they don't know about. And just, you know, trying to get the clicks. Because that's the way it kind of feels like it. This article has barely any content. Let me actually do a quick word search on how many words there actually are in this article. Because this is very poor. Let's see. Word count. There's only 220 words in this article. So shorter than a high school essay. So this, too, feels like it's just an opportunistic grab. At least it's diving into some of the thoughts. I have a, the third one I, I'm a little offended by, but whatever. Dominance and humiliation is a, is a factor. I don't think this author really got into the, the meat of, of what's there. But sure, on a base level, dominance and humiliation is part of it, for sure. Number three, it's an interesting quirk. Now, this I, I don't know if I agree with. Maybe some people are like this. To some people, the more disgusting and nasty the sex is, the better. Some people would prefer you fart on them at various times during the sexual encounter. This may be the case. I don't see this very often. This isn't my community or people uh, I, I come across um, that I know of anyways. But yeah, I suppose 
you know, it 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 is quirky. I don't know if I agree fully with that, but uh, there it is. Intimacy and vulnerability. People hardly fart in front of each other. Those who are paraphiliac get aroused by the level of openness and trust. Could be, could be. I don't, I don't know about that one either. Um, I, I usually farts in non non sexual settings make me uncomfortable. Uh, make me, you know, like uh, withdraw a bit because I don't know. Maybe I feel like I'm being exposed if I overreact. But then you could also be exposed by underreacting, right? That's what high school is all about. You know, they always they always find your weakness and they exploit it. That's what friends and bullies and the like do, I suppose. And anal fixation, number five. Being fixated with the backside can make any sound that comes out of her quite attractive. That's a little... That felt like she was reaching for the last... She was reaching for one more. So she had an article of five instead of an article of four. It's okay. It, it's all right. I mean, anal fixation, obviously. I mean, it, it, it's obvious there's an anal fixation. That probably could have been put in one of the other categories to pad out the actual article instead of writing its own one sentence, you know, explanation. Paraphilia is gaining popularity in porn industry and other sites like OnlyFans. Farting is becoming a fast fetish with men paying to watch women fart, and one cannot help but remark how unusual this is because not long ago it was embarrassing to fart during intercourse. And that's the end of the article. Like, very, very poorly written. I'm, I'm sorry to call out me and and you know i'm not it's just it's just poor it's just very poorly written it's written by someone who doesn't know what the fuck they're talking about and this is what i'm talking about like this is all that's out there for fart fetishism this is if you're looking for some kind of academic article or some kind of community gathering you're not going to find it people are just talking about porn or the mainstream articles or whatever these are you know i guess it's, it's more mainstream than fetish porn they are just being opportunistic. They're just trying to get clicks by from people who are looking for information. But we need to put good information out there. But I don't seem, it doesn't seem like anyone wants to join me on this mission of being out with your fart fetish. Like, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's gonna make things better. But I feel like we have a responsibility to this fetish to try to cultivate a community, to find people and, and like, have an actual community. Again, not just people sharing their fart fetish material that they purchased. I was going to go over the reality star who sells farts in jars, but what the fuck is the point? You know what the story is. Fetishists, maybe they're not even fetishists, but I, I you know, I'm not one to to kink shame or hate on people's kink but if you're buying like she went into nfts after this because of her excessive farting has brought her to the hospital so now she's moving into nfts the people who buy these things i, I can't think you're making a sound financial decision in doing so i hope you have a lot of disposable income to buy these thousand dollar fart jars because what are you gaining? You know, unless it's like the podcast where you're attempting to curry favor with a pro dom or I guess an OnlyFans creator that you think if you spend enough money, maybe she'll actually have a relationship with you. But that's very unlikely. And how many people are buying the jars? Only one of you are actually going to get the relationship, right? You think she's going to like be poly with a bunch of internet guys? I don't think so. But what the fuck do I know? 
Yeah, I don't want to cover this shit. It's it's bullshit. She doesn't need any more fucking publicity. Fuck her. Let's go over, let's see if we could do Mark's um, case study. Only 11 pages. Olfactophilia is a paraphilia where individual derives sexual pleasure from smells and odors. Given the large body of research on olfactation, it's not olfaction? Olfaction. It's not surprising that in some cases there should be an association with sexual behavior. As Bieber, 1959, noted, smell is a powerful sexual stimulus. Furthermore, the erotic focus is likely to relate to body odors of a sexual partner, including genital odors. One subtype of olfactor olfactophilia is eproctophilia. This is a paraphilia in which people are sexually aroused by flatulence. Therefore, erectophiles are said to spend an abnormal amount of time thinking about and fart, uh, farting and flatulence. I take exception to what an abnormal amount of time is, but here we are. And have a recurring intense, intense sexual urges and fantasies involving farting and flatulence. To date, there's been no academic or clinical research into eproctophilia. Therefore, the following account presents a brief case study on an eproctophile a practophile, and given a pseudonym Brad. Brad gave his full consent for this case study to be written up on the understanding that he could not be identified, and that was granted full, guaranteed full anonymity and confidentiality. Brad is a 22-year-old single man from Illinois. This date is uh, 2013, so Brad is now 13 years older. What is that? 35. So Brad is about my age. Brad first approached the author following the publication of an article about eproctophilia on the author's website, blog. Brad initially posted a comment in response to the article and admitted in the response that he was an eproctophile. In fact, Brad's opening comment was, I am an eproctophile. I'm not ashamed of my interest. Mind you, I don't tell people what I'm into any more than I discuss any other sexual matters in public. Now, here's the thing. Some guys do talk sex in public, though whether they're talking about porn models or this and that. So the subject of what you're into sexually can come up with friends or whatever. And, you know, I've been in this situation. I'm not, I don't think I've ever been asked. That's why I've never told anyone particularly um, about my fetish. But this does, this is, people do sometimes talk about sexual matters, you know, maybe not in Illinois. Maybe that's a more prudish area, but Los Angeles, Boston, probably New York. I think people do talk about sex in public. Uh, maybe, admit, you know, this was also, again, thir uh, what, 10, 10 or so years ago. I don't know why I said 15 earlier. 10 or so years ago. So, you know, I think the world has changed quite a bit in that time in terms of what people talk about and, and just the world in general, honestly. Brad was asked about his sexual orientation. Their response was not straightforward. This is what I read in the last article. I could be any of the three, depending on perspective. In terms of relationship, I'm straight. I could only have romantic feelings toward a woman. In terms of fetishism, I'm bisexual. I get aroused by thinking about males and females in these fetish situations. However, I have no real desire for sexual intercourse, be it penetration or being penetrated, which would make me asexual. I should probably mention that the arousal mentioned above is the desire to masturbate, not have sex. So that's, I mean, that's me other than the arousal to men. Uh, but prepubescent times, I was, I did fantasize uh, about men using, like, either movie material or other things uh, to have fantasies, such as, uh, I know I used Goldeneye as a fantasy in, in my old, or in my early days when, uh, you know, Bond would... Uh, run into Alec Trevelyan on the uh, satellite in Cuba and he would call down uh, Valentine to, you know, uh, land his ass on 
uh, Bond's face and, and start farting him out, essentially, to death. Death was a big thing in my uh, fetishism. I don't know if that was uh, associated with um, the actual release of orgasm or, or what, but for many reasons, uh, death became a big part of both my stories and my fantasies when I was younger, and, and not so much today, but throughout my fetish writing career, death as the end would often be the conclusion, the, the way I ended my stories in many times. Brad was asked about his first experience with a proctophilia. He claimed that compared to other proctophilias who had colorful first experiences, that his, his experience was more tame than most, which was disappointing in a way. Brad recalled that in middle school he had a crush on a particular girl. He thought she was the most beautiful thing he had ever seen. She was very athletic and ran 10 miles a day, was fit and toned. She was also sweet and shy and very attractive. When talking with, Bra with his friends, Brad recalled one time the mention that the girl he had a crush on farted in her science class. As Brad said, this blew my mind. Prior to that, I'd never really considered it. I knew by simple biology that girls farted, but hearing that the girl I had been fawning over was capable of such a thing sparked a strange interest in me. So I don't have any experience like that. Everything from me. I mean, I was I was masturbating to fetish material prepubescently. Nobody, nobody, like, I, I don't, other than maybe cartoons, like that sometimes had farts in them, especially during those days, Nickelodeon and all that. I can't think of what, you know, was the defining moment of my fetish, you know. Uh, my family's always been a little free with the bathroom and, and, and farting, so it, it could be associated with that. I'm not sure. That's the only, only idea I have on my origin of this fetish because I, I don't have anything. Nothing, it goes back so far that I don't, know where it started you know i can remember moments of like when i was masturbating or thinking about fetish stuff when i was a kid first grade even uh, as early as but i uh don't know why it started or for what reason what uh, what was the the uh, inciting incident that brought this fetish about Brad first engaged in a proctophile act around the age 16 or 17. He was with a male friend, and up until that point, he'd considered himself heterosexual. This was until he heard his male friend fart in front of him. Brad recalled, It was rather appealing in sound. I found myself fixating on it. At first, I didn't want to admit that I was into farting, but eventually I decided to experiment. I set up a bat at some point and intentionally lost, with the wager being the right to fart in the loser's face for a week. I continued to lose such bets once a week, once every few weeks for about two years. Brad was asked about his thoughts surrounding a proctophilia. He claims to enjoy everything about it and had experienced it directly. I'm not sure how graphic and detail you would like, but I have had my face farted on by both men and women at Point Blank Rage. I like the sound and the smell. The worse, the better. In terms of sound, I prefer a deep bubbling sound. In terms of smell, I like an acrid sulfur. I prefer the farter to be clothed. I don't particularly like seeing the anus open. It's not revolting to me. I just prefer fabric for three reasons. Firstly, the sound tends to be better with fabric, particularly jeans or nylons. Second, the smell lingers in cloth, whereas in nude, it's a relatively quick blast of smell. Third, I like the look of the butt cheeks better when they're defined by fabric. Brad was specifically asked why he preferred sulfurous farts, and he said they tended to be the strongest and most disgusting. In fact, Brad said that the more disgusting, uh, the more I like it as it heightens the sense of duality. The more disgusting the fart and the prettier the lady, the more of a schism it is between the societal expectation and the reality. As for men, it's simply more dominating for, for it to be a really gross fart than a mild poot. Now, here's where I start to defer from or, or you know, split 
from Brad because I mean I, I definitely wouldn't explain any of this in this way. It doesn't it doesn't seem to mean anything. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just too maybe I just enjoy domination too much more than the farting that that's what holds precedence. Like the farting and domination have to go together for me. You can't have just farting. I, I don't care about the schism of of beauty and and disgustingness of the fart. Like I I'm not like I do prefer uh, attractive women in the in the material I watch, but it has nothing to do with how disgusting they're. Far- it's more about how well they dominate and how good the fart sounds. That's that's what's important to me. I mean, I've only had experiences through pro dom, and they were okay. At the end of the day, I think they were mostly disappointing, just because it's I don't know. Maybe it could be because what we talked about in the in my friend's blog is it's fleeting. You know, it's not a relationship. Um, I'm not sure if that's the case. I think it needs to feel like a real situation. It needs to feel dominating. It needs to feel like it, it's actually happening. If I'm play acting a role play and the role play is not even fun, like, it, what is it? What it? What is the point? If someone can't be like explicitly cruel and and indifferent and whatever, uh, it, it doesn't it doesn't do anything for me. You could fart all you want, but if it's just someone farting at a camera or whatever, it, it doesn't matter. Even just farting around the house, none of this gives anything to me. It's not a domination situation. You know, for me, I've always, when I talked about the um, GoldenEye fantasy before, for some reason, I, I really associate the hero losing with my fantasies. The good guy losing in my fantasies is, is a lot of what I, I get. You know, someone... You know, some people write stories about people who deserve punishment. You know, oh, they mistreated a woman, they called her fat, this and that. Oh, now they're going to get farted on. For me, it was never that way. I liked the aspect of an innocent victim falling victim to fart fetishism, fart torture. That That's what I was into for whatever reason. I don't know why. I couldn't explain it to you. But that's what I always saw. You know, Bond being the hero of Goldeneye, losing to Alec Trevelyan, that kind of thing. Brad was also asked how he met like-minded people that shared his proctophilic interests. He said that there were several online forums that catered for interests related to proctophilia. Although he was happy to engage in online communication with other proctophiles, he had no desire to meet them in person. This is a problem. This is the problem I'm running into. I don't really need to see people in person, but most people want to be like Brad. They don't want anyone to know about their fetish. They don't want anyone to have any idea who they are or what they like. And how are we going to improve fetish perception if everyone is like this? How are we going to help people understand this fetish and what we go through if we don't try to, to... expose ourselves and show ourselves for who we are normal people continuing to be a pseudonym and to not talk about it this is just increasing the mystification and the mystery around it and people don't understand what this fetish is and they can't understand it because nobody who has it wants to talk about it as themselves they want to be a character in order to engage in proctophilic acts, Brad said he would have to explain his fetish to his significant other and hope they would be willing to do it for him. Brad was also asked if there was any difference between men and women farting in his face and whether male farting aroused him in the same way as female farting. He responded more or less, yes. It's slightly different as it's slightly different mindset. It's more about domination with males as they don't have the dainty expectation to break. See, I don't agree with this. He only associates domination with males, but I don't. For me... 
female domination is much more important. And I don't want males in my farting fetish at all. You know, they can do whatever the fuck they want. I just don't want them in my fantasy, in my fetish. Yes, I did fantasize about men farting prepubescently before I was in junior high. But for me, it's female domination. And I hate that Brad is the only one who is a, a, a fake person, is the only person who is explored in this fetish, is the only person whose story we know about, and we don't even know who the fuck he is. Brad was asked whether he was more sexually aroused when engaging in a proctophilia sexual activity than engaged in normal sex. He said that he may be technically asexual, as he had no desire for actual sex as he preferred masturbation to sexual intercourse. This is me. This I agree with. He's also questioned the extent of which the, which the proctophile acts were masochistic. He responded, Sometimes one of my co more common fantasies is to receiving a fart as a reward for completing a task. I play a video game, for instance, and one includes me helping a girlfriend solve a puzzle in a game. Then, while still playing, she tells me to get ready for my reward and lets one rip. There's an idea of subservience, not necessarily masochism. And an idea of being there without being the focal point where she lets me smell her farts and rub her feet and cuddle up and such without fussing too much over me. I enjoy all aspects, really, from the S&M standpoint in which someone dominates me by farting on me to the subservient aspect of being a pet or an article of furniture in which she isn't particularly dominating, just coexisting to the aspect of dominance for myself in which I learn her closely guarded secret of what her farts sound and smell like. See the closely, this, this is the part that's like, it reads like a fucking Disney film. Her closely guarded secret of farts and sounds. I don't know. I take exception to a lot of this. I mean, it's his experience. I'm not trying to diminish his experience, but I don't think he should be the only example of the fetish. I don't he think he, Brad is the only uh, case study we should have on this. And that, we're done. We, we got bread. We're done. We know all we need to know about a proctophilia. Like, the aspects of being an article of furniture, that's like objectification. But he's basically blowing past objectification is he, he wants to be in the couch. He wants to be the furniture. Almost like an inanimate object. Like, he just wants to be inanimate to kind of be a voyeur and a sniffer, I guess, in the world around him. He doesn't want to be actually dominated or controlled or tortured, which is what my fantasies are all about. That's all I fantasize about. Brad was asked whether he got any sexual pleasure from farting on other people or was only the act of receiving. He said he preferred receiving, but he wouldn't be opposed to giving should he have a partner who wants it. He said he didn't have any real desire doing so, but it would sexually arouse him to know they liked it. In, insta in this instance, Brad said it would be more that he was pleasing his partner than how he was pleasing them. One of the more interesting things that came from interviewing Brad was he was very forthright on what he believed about a proctophilia and other people's perception of it. He said, allow me to shed some light on why farting of all things is sexually interesting to us. See, here we go with him trying to talk for the community. And I really, I really hate that. I really don't like that because he doesn't speak for all of us. He doesn't speak for the community at all. I don't think he speaks for him and that's fine. But don't try to spell out all of us in your fucking explanation. And this pisses me off. First, let me mention that we are not all sexually attracted to flatulence per se. We are attracted to the person releasing the flatulence. I don't know if that's true. Unattractive people farting to us is like seeing unattractive people having sex for you. That's a fair assessment, I suppose. He went on to say that aproctophiles are aroused by the idea of dominance and that by being farted on, they 
are being put in their place much with any sort of S&M type of fetish. For others, myself included, it's a matter of duality. Social norm dictates that people in general, particularly females, do not fart in public for others to hear. To see a beautiful, delicate lady passing wind is a breach of those expectations in a profound manner. That a beautiful woman is capable of producing a disgusting sound and smell is what attracts us and makes us want to experience it. It can only be a matter of humanization. Again, social ideologies tend to place the beautiful, particularly women, on a pedestal of what makes a conceptual or archetypal woman. To hear her pass wind is to hear an admission of humanity. That she is the same as the rest of us. It is to learn her dark secret, the sounds and smells of her uncontrollable biological functions. This is more of a dominant matter, as it's more about wrenching her humanity into focus while society attempts to hide it. This is bullshit. Therefore, it's not always a matter of female dominance. However, due to the internet pornography market, most producers choose to follow the dominatrix stereotype as a reliable source of income and a familiar sexy medium. This is actually not true anymore. There's a lot of girlfriend experience type farting material made. I, I find domination content hard to find, in fact because most people are doing this, oh, girlfriend experience, farting around the house, whereas domination's getting harder to, to find because everybody's moving away from that, it seems. Brad was asked if he experienced any sexual pleasure from watching iproctophilia videos, such as those on YouTube. Given that smell is such an important part, I was interested to know whether secondhand sources were less arousing. Brad responded that he does get sexual pleasure from watching such films. In fact, he added, While smell and the tactile sense of face-sitting is important, sound is also another important key factor. Being able to see that girls do fart or sort of live the fantasy out vicariously is what I have to do. I suppose vanilla porn could be a good analogy. The physical sensation of sex is obviously very important. People still get aroused watching porn even though they can't feel it. And I think it's this exact same way with myself. When watching pornography, it's more the thought of it. Brad was also asked if he had any other interests and fetishes and said that there were three specific things that he liked to turn them on sexually. Although he said he was not a fan of scat, the first one appeared to be related to corporophilia, as he reported that, I'm into seeing attractive people, mostly females, pooping their pants. It has an obvious relations to the matter at hand. I don't agree. I don't agree. Maybe it did in 2013, but I don't agree that those are still related. Those have become separate fetishes now. I, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that statement, but... Second, I, I don't, I don't like females pooping their pants. That's just... I just find that gross and messy. Like, similar to, like, when you blow your nose and you got mucus on you. It's, it's fucking disgusting. I hate that. Secondly, he said, although it was not fetishistic in any way, he loved giving foot rubs to people he was in relationships with. He claimed this behavior did not really sexually arouse him, but he simply liked female feet in a platonic way. I don't know what the fuck that means. He described female feet as cute, and he had a strong desire to massage them. That's a fetish, my friend. Finally, Brad claimed he had one fetish since birth and he went on to explain further. It's what I'm not proud of but exists and may help you study. I have a crush fetish, which is essentially arousal from seeing people step on objects or insects. This particularly has a lot of bad publicity. Yeah, you think? As for this one, I can tell you, I cannot tell you where it originated. I remember rubbing myself in my crib as a baby to such thoughts, leading me to believe I may have literally been born with it. I could have been no older than two and a half years old. Keep in mind, these are very primal memories, which are mostly a blur. All I recall is that around the time of these memories, I would also rub myself to the thought of someone stepping on an insect, sometimes a machine made to crush up children like myself. Come to think of it, the last one may have been caused by seeing an apple cider press as a toddler. I also seem to recall that being afraid of it because of how it hurt the apples. 
Brad was also asked if he thought there was any connection between his crush fetish and a proctophilia. He responded that if there was any connection, it concerned the idea of the duality. He would not expect to see a woman fart in front of him. In similarity, he would not expect a woman to kill an insect in front of him for no real reason. In relation to his crush fetish, he also reported, It's my oldish fetish with no known origin, and I like it for about the same reason as a proctophilia. Maybe I was... I also disliked seeing people kill bugs as a kid while also finding it arousing. I was quite the pacifist. Also, when I first discovered ejaculation, I made the connection that ejaculating was something like when a bug is stepped on. So that's kind of like what I thought with the death in the fetish fantasies. I thought about the bug squirting under pressure. This is disgusting. And then I would do the same. May or may not be relevant, but it was a connection I made when I was a kid. So now we talk to... Now we're just listening to... Um, mark the rest of the the discussion part the prevalence and incidence of a proctophilia is assumed to be negligible given that no previous case studies have ever been published however other proctophilias in addition to this case study clearly exist as this topic is discussed by discussed by self-professed proctophiles in various online discussion groups brad's account of early proctophile experiences are suggestive of behavioral conditioning and or sexual imprinting in this case classical conditioning where being sexually aroused by an attractive woman is paired with something that is not inherently sexual, in this case flatulence, and then starts to become an erotic focus in and of itself. From an evolutionary perspective, disgust has been argued to be the psychological system for protecting humans from infection through disease avoidance behavior. Most people probably view flatulence as disgusting behavior, yet aproctophiles do not. This seems to support the research that suggests disgust is in part socially learned. In DSM-5, the definition of paraphilia will be an intense and persistent sexual interest other than sexual interest in genital stimulation or preparatory fondling with phenotypically normal, physically mature, consenting human partners. There are also specific paraphilias that are generally described as preferential sexual interest than intense sexual interests. Brad's description of sexual preference for flatulent individuals, along with the seemingly intense sexual urges, fantasies, and behaviors, are at least suggestive of a genuine paraphilia. However, although the behavior may not have been cognitively, cognitively salient, it was not behaviorally salient, as the number of partners willing to engage in the activity was very limited. Furthermore, Brad had very specific criteria for the behavior to be sexually arousing. However, there's very little evidence that these were recurrent and insalient. Stoller, 1975, asserted that paraphilias originate from the childhood traumatic experience during their subsequently relived and overcome by reaching sexual climax. However, the onset of this particular paraphilia is not associated with any traumatic incident as mentioned above. Cantor, Blanchard, and Barbie, 2009, had noted that paraphilias are often core morbid. In this particular case, aproctophilia was part of a wider set of fetishistic and or paraphilic behavior, including crush fetish and voyeuristic corporophilia. While there is some literature on corporophilia, there's been very little published from academic and or clinical perspective on crush fetishes. Brad himself sees a clear similarity between the interest in aproctophilia and being sexually aroused by watching females defecate, as he specifically noted that watching defecating females has obvious relations to the matter at hand. The concurrence of Brad's aproctophilia with traits of sexual masochism, such as deliberate losing of a bet, so resulted in Brad being farted upon all week by his male friend, demonstrates that behavior has other paraphilic elements. A number of times, Brad mentioned the sadomasochistic elements of the aproctophilia behavior. According to Terry and Vassy, 2011, the scientific value of case studies includes both their 
utility in highlighting rare phenomena and their role in the generation of new questions and hypotheses. The aproctophilia case presented in this article hopefully fulfills these values. Clearly, this is one, just one case study, and Brad is unlikely to be representative of the entire proctophilic community. I appreciate that sentence. Very important to me. Other developmental routes into aproctophilia may be possible. Further research is needed to assess the extent of which the case study is representative of proctophiles more generally, and whether the etiological and developmental pathways are more complex than described in this instance. This particular case also highlights the need for further research into crush fetishism, as there's no empirical data on this type of fetish. Finally, the article also highlights the importance of the internet in recruitment of people with the psychological, paraphilic, or fetishistic behavior for academic study. Over the last decade, there have been a number of studies that have been reported paraphilic behavior using online mythologies such as studies in zoophilia, feederism, hypofix, hypo, hypo, hypoxophilia. Without the internet, it's unlikely that present case studies would have come to light. The person would have not have been able to contact the researcher and the researcher would not have been able to carry out the interview online. The online medium appears to be a particularly good medium for collecting data on unusual sexual paraphilias and fetishes as online data collection is much better for collecting sensitive compared to offline methods. And that's it. The references are listed here, but that's the case study uh, of Brad, which I think honestly, I'll be I'll be perfectly honest with you. I think I'm wondering why no one ever fucking came to me, you know? I've been writing content. I've been writing fart fetish material in this fetish for fucking 10 years. And no one came to me. No one talked to me. I'm not hard to find. I've always had contact information on my website. We need more people to expose what this fetish is. Why? I don't know. Maybe we don't. Maybe we fucking don't. That, that seems to be the consensus within the fetish community. We don't need to talk about this. I don't want people to know about this. I don't want to lose my, my status, my, my job, my career, my family, whatever. You know, that's all fine. But, you know, we talk about how what's more socially acceptable now that gay people pretending to be straight is, is bad psychologically. Bad for them, bad for their partner, bad for everyone. So why do we continue to live in this world where our fetishes can't be discussed or out in the open? That we have to hide from them. Are we going to get rid of them? Are we going to like make them go away? If not, then why hide? I don't understand. Like I, I get not wanting to lose your job. That's a shitty situation of society. But anyway, that's the end of this episode. Hopefully we'll catch you on the next one. <laughs>